In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Cookinet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Girasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here. I hope everybody started the year off in a great, productive, efficient way. Um, What I'd like to do as part of my business tip of the week is I'd like to actually share with you my New Year's resolution. So I decided that every day I will take baby steps so that at the end of the day, I will be one step closer to my goals. So as you all know, I wrote down my New Year's resolutions. Uh, 2013 is going to be a huge year for me. I'm going to make it a big year. And I just mentally in my mind have decided that for this year, I am going to be the best person that I can be in everything that I do, not just in my business life, in my personal life, my relationship with my kids, my husband, my friends. I'm going to try to, in a very small, on a daily basis, become very um, cognitive of my relationships with everybody because when push comes to shove, I truly believe it's those relationships that help us feel fulfilled in our life and also helps bring our business forward. Okay, with that, I am so excited. I cannot believe I have the opportunity to actually interview David Pinto again. David was a guest on our show just um, recently, and he is so generous that he's decided to give us more of his time so we can pick his brains and we can learn lots more from him. So I'm going to give you a quick background on David. David um, founded Ratchet Press in 1983. And Ratchet Press actually publishes two leading trade publications, Mass Market Retailers, which is also MMR. It's known as MMR, and Chain Drug Review. These are trade publications that specialize in um, chain mass merchant and chain drug retail markets. Mr. Pinto has been reporting on mass market retailing for over 40 years prior to founding Ratcher Press. David was the editor of Chain Store Age Drug Edition and the editor of Chain Store Age Supermarkets, both leading publications in the 1970s serving the chain drug and grocery trade. So with that, I am very excited. Welcome to Paying It Forward, David. How are you today? Oh, can I talk now? 
<laughs> How did I do? Did I do okay with your intro? Yeah. No, you d- you didn't correct the mistake you made last time. It was 1978, no. not 1983, that our company started. Oh, for goodness sake. And I made sure that I didn't... You know what? I think in one of your bios, it says that the chain... I don't know. It says you founded Ratchet Press in 1983. Did you start Chain Drug Review and MMR in 1978 or no? No, I started Chain Drug Review in 1978. Oh, that's why. Okay. All right. We got that clear finally, David. But Uh, how are you? Are you doing good? I'm fine. How are you, Josephine? I'm doing great. How did you start your new year off? Did you, um, are you accomplishing everything you want to accomplish? Are these the easy questions or the difficult questions? (laughs) I don't know. I think these are the easy ones. Well, you see, I'm looking for for a a knife in my drawer to spread the butter (laughs) on my my corn muffin, and I can't find it, so I guess my year has started out not great. Oh, great. So, David, tell us a little bit about your two magazines, okay? We know that you have two separate, unique publications, correct? Correct. Can you just tell us, um, I know you said it on our last interview, but just in case somebody hasn't listened to the last one, can you just explain to us um, the difference between the two? Sure. Chain Drug Review, as you can imagine, goes to uh, America's chain drug stores. That's Walgreens and CVS and Rite Aid and uh, Dwayne Reed and, you know, you name a drug chain and we go to, we go to headquarters. How do we go to every store? Uh, MMR, mass market retailers, goes across trade classes. It goes to drugstores, supermarkets, and discount stores. And our thinking there is retail retail trade classes are, are, are more confusing than they, than they used to be. For example, you don't only buy food in a supermarket anymore, and you don't only buy aspirin in a drugstore anymore. You go everywhere for everything. So that's what MMR is designed to address, the changing, the changing shopping patterns of Americans. Okay. So, David, for those entrepreneurs starting out, trying to figure this all out, I have one follow-up question to that. I know that um, our industry, we have the food, the drug, and the mass categories, correct? So those mm-hmm. are the three industries. Can you explain the difference between, let's say, a Walgreens, a Walmart, a Trader Joe's, when they carry much of the same product mix. Hold on. I'm just going to have a sip of my coffee. Don't go away. <laughs> put, your, put your listeners on hold. Oh, well, you're right. you, know the, you, you know what a drugstore is. Of a, course. A drugstore, what characterizes a drugstore is that three-quarters of their business is done in prescription drugs. And the whole rest of the store, which is most of the store, does only 25% of the business. So they're very dependent on prescription drugs for sales and, and profits. A supermarket, you, know, you mentioned Trader Joe's, which is not a typical supermarket, but a supermarket is, is uh, 70% food. I mean, that's, what, that's the business they're in. They're in food. They're also in general merchandise to an increasing degree like uh, drugstore products, like, like shampoos and aspirin and, and stuff like that. They're also into paper products and household cleansers. That's what a supermarket is. The third is Walmart. <clears throat> Walmart started out as a, as a discount store 
or what we call a general merchandise store. They, they sold everything but food. And then Sam Walton decided, God, it must be 25 years ago now, <clears throat> to add food. Because food is the one thing that consumers always shop for. I mean, every all your listeners go to the supermarket, including you, at least once a week. Uh-huh. So today, Walmart is the largest grocery retailer in the country, in addition to being the largest general merchandise retailer. And as a result, <clears throat> Walmart's the largest retailer in the country. So, David, okay, now that we have, we know exactly what each category is, do you have any advice for an entrepreneur? How do they break into that market if they have an idea and they have a product? Like, where should somebody even begin? Well, you and I disagree on this. You, you <laughs> feel, I know, that you need to initially create consumer demand for the product. I believe initially what you have to have is distribution. No one's buying anything that they don't see in the stores. And conversely, if you get a product on the shelf, someone's going to come along and buy it. Sometimes a lot of someone's are going to come along and buy it. So I believe the first thing, once you have a product and you believe in that product, you have to get you have to get the retailers to carry it. And that's very difficult. That's mm-hmm. that's uh <clears throat> You know, we've been in business, as you remember, since 1978, and the calls I most often get are calls about how do I get distribution, who do I call, who do I see, how do I get on the shelf at Walgreens or Walmart, and the, and the retailers don't make it easy for you. Some of them charge money to put your product on the shelf, something called slotting allowances. Uh, they, 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 they do a lot of things that, that, in my view, they don't have to do or they shouldn't be doing. But the trick is to get distribution for your product. That's step one. Okay. Um, so, David, the reason why we might disagree, I hate the thought that I would disagree with you with anything. But from my point of view... And it's only my tiny little point of view because you're the one with over 40 years of experience and I'm the absolute infant here. Um, my biggest thing is once you're on the shelf, it's so important to create the buzz to get the product off the shelf. And what makes me so nervous about distribution and getting on the shelf is the clock starts ticking from the moment that product hits the shelf. And what everybody knows, it takes time to create that buzz. What if six weeks goes by and, you know, you're just in the process of creating that buzz and the product's not selling yet? Isn't it better to create that buzz, put it on the shelf, people are anticipating it, looking forward to it, and then it sells? That's my only thinking about it because, like I said, that clock's ticking. This is a very complicated question. You are saying because you create uh, awareness of a product, retailers are automatically going to start carrying it because consumers are going to come running, rushing into the stores and saying, where's that product I saw on the Today Show? And that doesn't, that's not the way it happens. Also, it costs a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, it costs a lot of money to advertise a product. And you have to do it. You can't just run an ad. And, oh, God, everybody knows this product. Now, you have to that, – that's, that, that's an art and a science, making people aware of, 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 of new products. And it's an art and a science that most people can't afford to do. If you're Procter & Gamble or L'Oreal or Johnson & Johnson, sure. 
you buy a few spots on the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden, (coughs) everyone knows your product. Most people, (coughs) I'm sorry, forgive me. No, that's okay, David. (coughs) See, I'm always nervous on the radio. (laughs) No, you're not. Uh, We're coming up on a break anyway. Hold on, but let me, I got to finish this thought. You did this to me last time. Hurry up, hurry up. Entrepreneurs, most of them can't afford that kind of, 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 of advertising. So the, the easiest way to do it is first get your product on the shelf. I, this isn't something I think. It's something I know. Okay. All right. Well, you got to hold on because now we have the tunes here. So okay. we're going to take a quick break, everyone, and David Pinto's going to come back, and he's going to give us all his knowledge about how we're going to get our products sold. Thanks, everyone. Right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Do you ever feel like you're the invisible woman? Too polite to be political, too nice to be real, tame, even though you really want to be unleashed, like you're living in a fairy tale without the happy ending. Well, Cinderella has left the ball, and it's time to wake up and break up with our own self-imposed glass slippers and ceilings. Welcome to Le Chic Speak, the polite woman's guide to self-expression, with your host, Jen Duchenne. Le Chic Speak is the Woohoo Radio Network's resident radio show dedicated to helping women turn on their power and turn up the volume of their voices so you can be seen, heard, appreciated, and celebrated. Join us on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for your weekly dose of Le Chic Speak with your host, Jen Duchenne, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine, and we have David Pinto with us today. So before break, David, you had mentioned that it is an art and a science to create a demand for a product. And, oh, my gosh, I agree with you so much there. But can you just expand on that just a little for us? Well, all right. There are so many different ways of creating demand for a product. One of the – when I met you, which – what, five years ago or four years ago, <clears throat> one of the things that, that attracted me to you 
besides your loveliness, I mean, one of the things that attracted me to you was your energy. You had a million ideas. You were going to go and uh, you were going to get distribution at Dwayne Reed and then go in front of a Dwayne Reed store and talk to to customers and and show them the product. I mean, that's very that's very. A lot of people can't think in those terms. That's a very smart thing to do. People overlook radio. Everybody <laughs> listens to the radio. And I once had a friend who, who ran an advertising agency in New York, and, and he put a product on the radio. I forget which one it was. And all of a sudden, everybody, this product became a big success because it was, you could spend so much, you can get so much more value on radio than you can on television. So you can run a bunch of 30-second commercials, and all of a sudden, all you're hearing is, is uh, commercials about this product. <clears throat> you can do uh, free, you know, free goods. You can give out, out samples to customers. You can, you can get on shows like yours. I mean, if I, if I had a product, I'd want to be on your show and tell you about one, what a wonderful product. Can I promote Change Road Review? Maybe people will write in and want subscriptions. That my point good. is, I'm being funny, but my point is, there's a million things to, to, to do that, that will create demand for a product. What we all think about is television. Mm-hmm. What we all think about is the Super Bowl. I think it costs $2 million to run a 30-second commercial on the Super Bowl. I mean, <clears throat> I know that a half of America watches or two-thirds of America, but most people don't have that kind of money. And if they do, that's not where they should be spending it. Yeah, I have to, I just want to mention one thing about television. So, David, my kids watch, you know, TV. Not, I try to limit it, but no matter, even if they're watching it for an hour or they don't even have time an hour during the week because of all their homework. But I have to tell you, I am shocked when my kids can come to me and they could tell me verbatim what the commercials on their shows are. And it's just amazing how the marketers really get to the children because when I'm shopping with my kids, they're like, oh, mom, that's, you know, you know what they love? They love that toothpaste holder that you stick on the wall. And my kids have been nagging me for the longest time saying, mom, we got to get that toothbrush, uh, toothpaste holder because we'll never have to squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube. And I'm just like, that's the power of advertising. So I understand that television is just going to cost so much more than radio. So I like that concept. But it's also, don't you know how to say no to your kids? (laughs) (laughs) Of course I do. You know, my kids are not spoiled. If there's anything, I try, you know, to make sure that doesn't happen. But all right. So David, so what other great ideas do you have on helping us get our products known? Well, don't you use, or haven't you in the past used a, used a, used a public relations company? Yes, I have. Actually, when I first launched Glovies, and then I realized I actually did a better job myself than they did. But I, I do agree with you. A PR firm might be the way to go with some people. It's just... <laughs> It's well, a huge see, that's because you're so energetic, but, but you, you can do a lot of things for a very little money. I mean, PR firms will, will be very valuable if you lay down the parameters. Listen, I'd like to be on, on, a, on, a, on a program. I'd like to be on a panel on television. I'd like to, you know, you, you belong to the Chain Drug Store Association. 
Right. What you what you what you would try to do <clears throat> is get exposure there at their at their marketing conference. You want to be on a panel on how to introduce a new product. There's a million things. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my, my I was telling you during the break that they're fixing the boiler in my office, so icicles <laughs> are forming on the windows here. Um, but you you know you're good at this. And you're creative, and that's that's what you have to do. Once you have, the, but if you don't have distribution, none of this matters, because then your kids <coughs> will go into the store looking for the tooth, toothpaste holder, and they won't find it, and so they'll think about something else. You have to have distribution. All right, if you say so, David. But I what about so. what about that one thing I said about the clock ticking? Once, okay, let's say once we get it on the shelf, what's the very first thing we should do immediately? Get better position on the shelf. Huh. And where's no, all right, the best? I'll tell you. I, I, I was not. I was not fooling when I said that. You know, I know. people will I put know. you on the shelf, and it'll be it'll be seven feet above the floor, <clears throat> and you're looking for women to buy this, and the tallest woman in America is six feet tall, so she can't reach it. Okay. I'll tell you. All right. I'll tell you another thing. It's not enough to get distribution. You have to get to know. It's like like everything. This retailing is a relationship business. I think I said this last time. Play back the tape from last time. See if I said this. <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> no, you rather you've do, told <clears throat> me what you're going to say? And wouldn't I know you rather it's all about do business? Right, wouldn't you rather do business? And this holds for everything you do in life. <clears throat> wouldn't you rather do business with someone you know and trust than someone you've never met before? Even if the person you trust <clears throat> is going to charge you a little more money for doing business, you know that person. You know that person is not going to hurt you or cheat you or embarrass you. You always would rather do business with someone you know. <clears throat> Therefore, it's not enough to just get distribution at, at, at retail. You have, to, you have to get to know the people who are giving you that distribution. And you have to get to know them on a personal basis. You know, one of the, you know, you said I, I, do, I do certain things well. One of the few things I do well is, is, is develop relationships. And I don't want that to sound like a mercenary thing. Oh, I have to develop a relationship. It's that I like people and I like getting to know them. So I'll develop a relationship with someone who's be, who becomes a friend of mine. And then if I need something or want something, I call and I say, hey, listen, I need a favor. And, and a friend doesn't turn a friend down when you ask for a favor. So the thing, the, the thing is you have to get to know the workings of the, of, of the companies you're doing business with. You know, you do business. You do, I'm not finished yet. Hold it. Hold. Um, you do business with Walgreens. It's been a huge advantage for you to, to, that you've gotten to know the Walgreens people. And people run into me and they say, oh, how's Josephine? Boy, you can't put a price on that. And you've earned that. You've earned that, you know? Well, thank you, David. A lot of it has to do with you, but not that I, my listeners know, I really don't push anything on my show. It's all about information. But this is what David does incredibly well, and his company, Ratcher Press, gives you the opportunity to be in a cocktail room, a cocktail party, with all of these influential people that actually are the decision makers. And it it really is a great opportunity. So, David, that's how I got there, and um, I'm grateful to you for that. But, you that. know, all right, I'm interrupting again. It's one thing to invite you <clears throat> to a reception or a cocktail party. 
It's the, the, the more important thing is what, what you do once you're there. Ninety percent of all people, understandably, are a little shy and a little a little intimidated by being in a room with somebody like Sam Walton or you know name someone, and so they won't say anything. They'll they'll, they'll stand in a corner. Or they'll wait for someone to approach them, and no one ever will. Nobody approaches someone they don't know. But one of my jokes is uh, when I went to my first uh, chain drugstore convention. There were, it was in it was in Honolulu a long time ago. There were eighteen hundred people there. Oh my God! Seventeen hundred ninety nine of them knew each other, and I was the eighteen hundred. <laughs> so I, for four days, no one spoke to me. I thought, oh, what am I doing here? I should have listened to my father. I should have become a school teacher. What a mistake <laughs> I've made! And and it's painful. I mean, there's no other word. It's painful to do these things. And, you know, you can give me all the credit in the world. You go to a reception, you go around, you start talking to people. You introduce yourself. You you, yeah. you, you talk about your product, which I, I apparently I'm not allowed to mention. <laughs> no, David, I must say, I think you're so right. It takes guts to do what we have to do. And a lot of times it's like, wouldn't you rather just stay home and watch a great movie instead of going into a room filled with people that you don't know? And ironic enough, the NACDS show that we met at, there were thousands and thousands of people there. And I did not know a single you actually i knew two people from the phone and it was your guys from ratchet press it was john and um why what's his name david chris i'm sorry chris stan um and i have to i begged them i said please i'm not going to know anybody there just come by my booth and say hi but you're so right it it takes guts and you just got to get out there and do it and put one step in front of the other i'm great when i'm there i have to tell you as a solo entrepreneur it's coming back and doing the follow-up that is so – I think it's almost more important, David. And it's so hard because you've got your day-to-day stuff you're doing, but you've got to carve out that time to do it. It is more important, but it's also easier because you've already done the difficult thing. What you said a minute ago, it's so much, it becomes so much easier to sit home and watch a movie on television. It's too easy not to do things. Now, that's not only in business. That's in, in life. That's in your social life, too. Should I, go, should I go to the bar and maybe I'll meet someone? Or, boy, there's a, you know, Casablanca is on tonight. God, I haven't seen that in years. It becomes too easy not to do the things you need to do to be a success. And when I when I was a kid, when I was a kid, take take notes on this. This is a good story. <laughs> I, I would go to the I would go to the theater in New York, and I would be I would I would be self conscious walking to my seat, even when I was with someone, because I was sure this whole theater, two thousand people, were oh here comes David Pinto. God, look, he's walking down. Oh, look, he almost tripped over the rug. Isn't he? Isn't he? Nobody gives, gave a damn about me then. No one gives a damn about me now. Yeah. But that's a tough lesson to learn. It's not about you. So you, And you have to make the effort. Hi, I'm David Pento. Hi, I'm Josephine Jurassic. What? We're, we're off the air already? We're on a break now. We're halfway through our show. Everyone stay with us because, as you know, David Pinto has lots of great advice. We'll be back shortly, everyone. Damn. 
right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on Toginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on Toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you, here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. So, David Pinto, the founder of Ratcher Press, you are giving us incredible advice over 40 years of experience in the retail industry. We are talking about bringing products to the marketplace. And the first thing... Did you get that, David? Yeah, don't worry. (laughs) Okay. The first thing we need to do is we need to get distribution. The second thing David suggests is creating relationships with the people that are helping us get our products on the shelf. What's the next step after that, David? Uh, 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 Connecting with Juliana is the next step. What what you have to do, and this is not as difficult as it sounds, you have to make yourself known. You have to to make people want to know you. And it sounds almost impossible, but in in the in the narrow the narrow framework in which entrepreneurs work, it's not that difficult. You have to you have to. It's being out there. You know, we didn't talk about this last time. Mm-hmm. Most people are afraid to, and understandably, not afraid. They're intimidated. It's very difficult to to. Uh, 
walk into a room where you don't know anyone. You know, if I look back on my life, write this down again. This is very important. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, I'm right. There were, there were things I should, you know, when I was in high school, I should have tried out for everything. <clears throat> I should have tried out to be in a, a Gilbert and Sullivan operetta. I should have tried out to be a, to, to, to be a reporter on the school newspaper. I should have tried out for anything. I should have tried out for everything. I was so afraid of, of failing. That I wouldn't try, I wouldn't raise my hand in class, even when I knew the answer, because I was afraid, maybe I'm not, maybe it's not the right answer, and everyone will laugh at me. I mean, I don't know where that comes from, but it's very important that you overcome it. And the earlier you overcome it, the better off you are. I mean, I didn't overcome that till, till I was in my own business, which is one of the advantages about being in your own business. You have to overcome this stuff because it's you. It's only you. I mean, I can tell you just terrible stories about how we started. One time, I'm going to tell you another story. <clears throat> I, have, I have a, Wait, I have a be- partner. Okay, and, go ahead. And uh, we, we hired this guy, and he brought his wife to work, too. So he was, he was one of our writers, and his wife was a secretary. Well, well, his wife was terrible. So Susan, my partner, fired her. So she came into my office in tears. I rehired her. Susan came into my office. What the, what is the matter with you? I just fired this woman. She's terrible. Yeah, but she was crying. What could I do? And Susan said, you are never hiring and firing in this company again. We were six months old. That was 34 years ago. And I, I have never hired or fired anyone since then. You know and what, David? Was, I think right. that that is truly the key, especially when spouses are business partners. I have to tell you, my listeners know I was married, my first husband passed away and all that stuff, but um, we had our own business together. And just like you and Susan, we very early on in the business, it was a research boutique and we specialized in aerospace and defense. And we had our biggest expense was printing. Mm -hmm. And what we had to do is we had to negotiate the printing um, with the printer. And I was 95% of the way there. I was just about to cinch the deal with exactly what our monthly expenses would be. And all of a sudden, Jerry took the call. And I was like, wait a second, what's going on here? And can I just tell you, we ended up paying a much higher price. And I have to tell you, we had a rather heated discussion. And from that we we went to sleep, whatever. The next day he woke up and he promised me, he said, see this invisible line? What you're yeah. good at is what you will do. And what I'm good at is what I will do. Yeah. And I think, David, once you draw that line and you know, the same exact thing happens to a lot of business owners, you know, whether you're married or not. If you've got a partner or you have people working for you, it's so important to define who's good at what and don't step over that boundary that's my opinion but you know it's important but it's 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 very difficult sure i mean when this happened with with susan and me i I said well don't you have any compassion this little girl is crying (laughs) what are we gonna do let her walk out but i'll tell you the the big conflict at retail is between operations which is just what it says is how to operate a store and merchandising which is how to get product into that store. They, they, they fight all the time. Operations want to do one thing, merchandising wants to do another. When Walmart was getting started, 
operations and merchandising fought all the time. And one time there was a guy named Jack Shoemaker who became president of Walmart. <clears throat> and he, he put the head of operations and the head of merchandising in a room. And he, he closed the door and he said, I don't want you to dare open that door until you've ironed out your differences. And hours later, they did, and they've never had a problem since. And this oh, is wow. a long time ago. So, you know, this guy then said to me, out of conflict, you get progress. If everybody agrees on everything, nothing ever happens. The trick is to have, is to have some conflict, some debate. You know, Susan was right about that. But I had my point of view. I felt sorry for this, for this woman. And <laughs> okay. Susan and I have been fighting for 35 years. And every time yeah. we fight, something good comes out of it. You know, I, I'll have an idea, and Susan will say, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And I'll say, oh, yeah, well, you come up with a better one. Don't just tell me what's wrong with my idea. You come up with a, you're so smart, you come up with a better one. Oh, yeah, or how about this one? Well, all right, that's better, but how about this one? Out of conflict, you get progress. You get, you get creativity. You, you get ideas. When everybody agrees, when everybody's on the same page, nothing happens. I think you're so right, but that's why your business is so successful, because you got the yin and you got the yang, and you think so differently from Susan, but Susan is running a business there, and she she is doing such a good job. She balances you off. You're the people person. You go out, you, you travel the world, but she has the solid foundation of that business running so smoothly, and I think that's it. But- well, you know, I'm much smarter than Susan, too. You understand that? <laughs> I don't know. Behind every strong man, you know what they say, right? Yeah, so it's women who say that, you know. <laughs> okay. But, David, I'm going to tweet later on. I'm going to say out of conflict, you get progress because I think that's so great. So, all right. I think I brought you off tangent here. So we got three things going on here. What else can, do we have to do? So we we get distribution. We create the relationship. We make ourselves known. Super important. I agree with you. There was a time when I was doing a lot of my own PR. And, David, people started to know who I was, you know, that mm-hmm. one famous moment when I actually went on ABC Nightline News. It was so funny. All of a sudden, I'm shopping and people were like, were you on TV last night? And it was kind of funny, but I was making myself known. So I agree with you. Super important. Do you have another step? All right. I'll, I'll tell you another thing. Okay, good. I'll, first, I'll tell you the thing, and then I'll, then I'll give you a story to support it. Try never, try not to ever say no. Now, you know, as I know, that Walmart is far and away the largest retailer, not only in America, the largest retailer in the world. Walmart is a $500 billion company, the second largest retailer in the world is a $100 billion company. That's how big Walmart is. So every once in a while, Walmart will want to take a product on. Hey, I saw your product at Walgreens, and it, it, it seemed to be generating a lot of interest. Uh, we'd like to carry it in 500 of our, of our uh, uh, most productive stores. And people will say, no, we're not ready yet. That's baloney. If Walmart wants to do business with you, boy, you're ready, or you make yourself ready. I've seen that. Well, we're not big enough. We, we don't have the production capacity. You worry about it. Say yes. Then worry about it. You say no, you may never have an opportunity to say yes again. Walmart may never come back to you. 
And Walmart's the most important retailer in the country. Never say no to Walmart if you don't have to. And okay. I've seen it happen often, often, often. Well, it's kind of scary for us little guys, you know, David. Um, did you read Did you read the book, The Walmart Effect? No, did you? Yeah, I did. But I read it a couple of years ago. But in that book, it was really kind of interesting from the little guy's point of view, is that if you don't do your homework and you do sign up with Walmart, chances are you could really go out of business. So I think that's a lot of people's hesitation. Yeah, but you can go out of business by not signing up with Walmart. I mean, the whole the whole idea on paper of being in your own business is scary. Yes. It's scary. I mean, boy, I said this last time. I grew up in an environment where you always work for a company. You, my father worked for the Times. He was a printer. But there are people who always work for Kodak. You know, you work for Kodak, you get a job, you have a job for the rest of your life. Your son then works for Kodak. Same with General Motors. Work for General Motors. You'll always have a job. Well, things change. You don't always have a job anymore. There is no Kodak. I mean, there is, but it's not what it was. Right. So you, when you grow up in an atmosphere of working for a company or the government or a school or... You, it's, a, it's a very difficult transition to make that, wow, this is all about me. I'm paying people salaries. I'm, I'm, uh, my decisions will determine if, if they have food on their table. But you really can't think about that because the advantages of, working, of being an entrepreneur so outweigh the advantages of walking into work every Monday and wondering if, the, if your boss had a bad weekend and maybe he's going to fire you or maybe, maybe his cousin needs a job and he's going to replace you. These are, yeah. these, are, these, are more worthy, these are worthier things, if that's a word, to I, worry about. These are I more, agree with you This so is the much. real world. I, I agree with you, David, but I have something funny. Those people going to work on Monday wondering if their boss had a good weekend or not, trust me, did you ever hear the Sunday night blues? I mean, I know that there are so many people out there who are who would love to make a change. I have to tell you, I've witnessed it. I, at times in my life, I felt it when I was working for a big company. You get those Sunday night blues and you just dread the thought of starting the work week off. As an entrepreneur, if you love what you do, which most entrepreneurs really do, you can't wait to get to work because you can't wait to see what rock you can turn over to make a difference, to make a real difference in the world. But anyway, with that, we're coming up on a break, and we'll be back with a wrap-up with David Pinto. Thanks, everyone. Hang in there. Right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, right after these on Toginet.com. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. 
Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. So let's talk about, I just want to squeeze in one last question before we go to the five business steps. David, tell me your thoughts on branding. How important is it to create that brand? And once again, do you have any suggestions on how we can do it? More important today than it's ever been. <clears throat> and and not only not only uh, for a product, but you, you, you look at look at Target. Everybody looks at the Target bullseye, even without the name Target next to it, and they know it's Target. What Target has done is created a brand around that, that whole around that logo. Walmart hasn't been able to do it. Walmart is more about a store. Target's about a brand. A lot of the apparel chains have created brands. Creating a brand is, is very important. It's also very difficult. Yeah. How do you do it? I don't know. Yeah, I think you're so, so right. And David, funny enough, I did see that bullseye when I was shopping for the holidays. And I said, I remember sitting in the parking lot um, waiting for somebody. And I saw that bullseye. And I'm like, how simple, how creative, and how successful. It's so true. Yeah, but look how long it's taken them to do it. You know what's another terrific retail brand? Costco. Costco is a terrific retail brand because everybody who shops Costco knows it's all about value and the opportunity to find something that you, you weren't looking for. You know, they call it a, a treasure hunt. You go into Costco every week or every month, and you're always going to find something that you didn't know was there. You know, one of the jokes about retailing is you go into Costco when you're going to spend, all right, I'm going to spend $30. That's it. And you wind up spending $600. It's and you true. get you get the stuff home. What the, what did I buy here? <laughs> 600 But that's, but you, you so trust, people so trust Costco with good reason. You never get, you never get cheated at Costco. 
That's why people shop Walmart, because Sam, Wal- Sam Walton taught, taught people one thing. You're never going to get cheated at Walmart. You won't buy Crest toothpaste for $3 and see it 20 minutes later down the street for $1.75. That will not happen. I have to tell you, you're so right about that. And I feel great every time I really do go in Walmart because you do feel like you're getting the bottom price. You're getting, you're getting value. You're getting, you're not getting cheated. I mean, maybe that, you know, a lot of other things are wrong with Walmart. Maybe that their out of stocks are too high. The stores are too dirty. The, the, uh, you know, one of the things Walmart did recently, is eliminate greeters. You know, greeters are the person, the, the the people who, when you walk into the store, hand you a basket or a shopping cart and say, welcome to Walmart. <clears throat> now, Sam Walton originally did that because he wanted to keep pilferage down. So he would hire retired people and he'd say, listen, stand here when people come in, say, welcome to Walmart and give them a shopping cart. But, but look around and see that no one's stealing anything. And it became a big thing. It became such a such a, a sign of of of, of the company reaching out to the customer, that, that everybody, well, welcome to Walmart. Isn't that nice? And then Walmart recently discontinued Greeters because they wanted to save money. That's, that's one of the things you don't do, you know, one of the stupid yeah. things that people, that businesses do. I have it, to tell you, even Kmart, the local Kmart here, it, we walk in and they are retired people that are standing there with a big smile on their face. Like it is their, the happiest part of their day is welcoming yeah. you to the store. And I do think it does make a difference. So oh, I, how can you put a price on that? You ever, you know, you, I'm sure where you live, you shop people who know you. You walk into the, to the dry cleaners or the groceries. Oh, hi, Josephine. How are you today? How are the kids? Boy, you can't put a price on that. Oh boy, I'll shop here till I die. They know me, yeah. and it's it's so it's such a simple thing to do as a, I, as a retailer. I agree. So, David, we're going to run out of time here, and I don't want to. Can you give us five of your best business tips? And you can't repeat the ones you did last week. I can't. No, because you're full of information. All right, what's number one, David? I'm going to tell you one. I'm going to give right. you one business tip, and this is very difficult. And because most people are afraid of it, learn to learn to speak in public. You don't have to be uh, Winston Churchill or Martin Luther King or Jack Kennedy. Learn how to speak in public without shaking and without without being scared to death. And again, as with everything else, once you start, once you try to do it, it's not that difficult, and it always, it becomes easier. Here again, from my childhood, I was I was scared to death to say a word in class, or even when I was in business initially. But because I'm in business, I was in business for myself. I had to do it. People would say, "Why don't you come and speak at our meeting?" For me to say no, and it's, I'm the president of the company. What does that say about me? I don't have enough confidence in myself. So I learned how to do this, and I'm sure you're good. I'm sure you, you've, you've spoken at. at, at oh my meetings. gosh, David! When I was younger, I just loved it. I, I- I don't know. That's my personality. I just love to give him presentations. And you know what? You just got to make it fun because That's right. now, you know, the, why the, be intimidated? The people out there are, you know, they're just It's the old story. People. They don't care. You think they care. But they're thinking about, gee, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? What restaurant am I going to go to? How do I make up with my wife? Should I send her flowers? <laughs> they're not thinking about you. They only think about you if you're so terrible that they can't help it. 
Number two, on that same subject, once you learn this, try to do it without notes. Oh, okay. Okay? I mean, you, you memorize far. There are five things I want to tell you. <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the art of giving a speech is you say, here's what I'm going to talk about. A, B, C, D, and E. And then you talk about A, B, C, D, and E. And then you say, well, here's what, let's go back and tell you what we discussed today. We discussed A, B, C, and D, and E. It's a lot easier than it seems to be. And if you get up there without notes, and it looks like, boy, you know everything, even though you've been up half the night for ten nights in a row memorizing this stuff, you can't put a price on that. It just will so help your business and so help you run your business and, and be recognized for what you're doing. You can't put a price on that. And you know what, David? It's almost like you just have faith in that person and you become a follower almost immediately. I can remember going to the Emerson Group and Wendy gave an incredible speech. Do you remember that? And I said, oh my gosh, she had, well, she had her slide presentation, but she had no notes. She looked at every person in that audience and made each person feel as if she was talking directly to you. She was right on target. And that is an example. And you know how, how, you know, she would be up rehearsing every night for a month. The other thing when you, as long as we're on giving a speech, one of the things that this this guy at Walmart that I alluded to earlier, Jack Schumacher, he would always he would always use a person's name, and he said, and the next thing I want to say, David, and all of a sudden you hear your name, and even if you're not paying attention, suddenly you feel, oh my God, I better pay attention because this guy knows I'm in the audience. <laughs> you know, engaging the audience. The other thing is, I have to have a sense of humor. Uh-huh. If you don't have a sense of humor, then then. And it's nothing else. You have to. You have to have a. You have a wonderful sense of humor. You laugh all the time. That seems to be all you do is laugh. No, just kidding. Just kidding. But if no, you but... gotta have it. You gotta develop a sense of humor in business. Yeah. And it should be at your expense. Yes. What I, I, I have you this dozed off? Did I leave you? No. Some, no. Uh, I think it's funny. I mean, one of our favorite sayings. When Jerry and I had our business, it was his saying. I can't take it from him. He said, "If you don't have, if you don't have a sense of humor, you ain't got nothing." Mm-hmm. And it's true. You just you have to have a sense of humor. You know, there was a playwright named George S. Kaufman who said, "If you can't be funny, be interesting." <clears throat> and that's, that's true. That's another one. If you can't be funny, be interesting. <clears throat> but nothing like is better than funny. All right. So listen, David, you have one more business tip because we only have two minutes left. Don't bother me again. That's my last business tip. (laughs) This is it. You're coming back, David. I know you will for me, but I just have to uh, really be prepared because I really have to pick your brain. But um, do you want to squeeze in one more? One more tip? Yeah. I I don't know anymore. You know, I said this last time and I'll say it again. And it's easier to say it than to do it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Okay. You know, you don't want to look back 20 years from now and say, God, I should have done that. I should have done that. Why didn't I do that? That's, you know, I have regrets about this. You know what? I've, I've often been exposed to <clears throat> people who were celebrities or, or famous because it's not, not because of me. It's because I go to meetings. And even if I say something stupid to them, I never regret it. What I regret is I never said anything to them. You know, I I met Joe DiMaggio, but I I, I didn't tell him 
wow, I admired him when I was a kid because I was too tongue-tied. Boy, I wish I had said to the, Joe DiMaggio, God, I admired you. Or, you know, name, name anybody, you know. You, wanna, you, you, know, you don't want to have regrets. That's the last thing. Don't have regrets. Don't say I should have, should have, would have, could have, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, I am so happy. We got a bonus there. Don't have regrets. And here we are. We're coming up to the end of our show. David Pinto, founder of Ratcher Press. In 1978. In 1978. David, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. You know, you mean the world to me. And I thank you for sharing your knowledge with all of my listeners. I know that everybody took away a lot of great, great information. And I know you're saying no now, but I'm going to get you back on. We'll give you a break. But thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward. Everyone have a great week, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Toginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons,